This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. We thank everybody for tuning in here across the Jacob Media Network. If you're consuming today's show, uh, via YouTube. Enjoy the uh, full hour. If you're listening uh, on one of the many terrestrial radio stations where we broadcast uh, the Labor and Energy Show, um, we do thank you for being out there and for listening to the show. And a reminder, uh, if you miss any of today's show, or you can do what a lot of other people do, download the podcast of this program on Apple or Spotify. Just search the Labor and Energy Show. Jay Doc, a good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm great, Joe. It's it's uh, couldn't be more excited about this this show. You and I uh, talk about common sense and energy a lot on this broadcast, and uh, educating the public and our political leaders. We have two phenomenal guests: uh, Rich Nolan, who's the president and CEO of the National Mining Association, and Katie Sweeney, who's the executive vice president and chief operating officer of the National Mining Association. And so, Joe. You know, mining in the U.S. has taken a lot of heat, often with reckless abandon and completely unwarranted. And so on today's show, okay, we have two individuals that are going to educate our listeners on the facts and the realities of mining in America, whether it's coal or minerals. These are the things that you will not hear on mainstream media news. One of the amazing things about this, that the the individuals were the or, the members of the National Mining Association. They mine the coal and the minerals that provide the foundation for our way of life. Okay, and so uh, we're going to learn a lot today. We've got two great people, and this show is something people don't want to miss. Yeah, good stuff. Good lead in, Jay Doc, and so true on. Um, today's conversation with our two very, very special guests. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. There's a lot of misinformation. And there's a lot of bad perception, I think, that we, and I'm not being disrespectful to any of our listeners or anybody in general, I think there's just a lot of misperception. You know, we create perception of reality, and sometimes what we create isn't accurate. Well, a large portion of the way we live, the foundation of our lives, how we heat our homes, uh, how we live our lives um, depends on uh, the resources that their members provide to us every day. OK, and the facts, the true facts and the realities, OK, are rarely talked about. And so that's why we created this platform, Joe, OK, to, to, to be able to give uh, reality a platform, a voice. And so it doesn't get any better or realer than this. Great stuff. It's the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. We'll take a short commercial break. J-Doc will jump in on the other side 
uh, for our special show today. Back in a moment. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow Follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. Buying a car is a big decision. Makes, models, colors, cost. But soon enough, the government is going to make that decision for you. Delaware and New Jersey are on a collision course to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars. In 2035, you'll have no choice but to buy an electric vehicle in those states. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Dr. Krause on the Jacob Media Network. I'm ecstatic to bring into the program our guest, Rich Nolan, President, CEO, National Mining Association. How are you, Rich? Good morning, Joe. Thanks for having us. It's our pleasure. And Katie Sweeney, Executive Vice President, COO, National Mining Association. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. So it is absolutely our pleasure. Um, and, you know, as we said, uh, we're going to be educating uh, our listeners and the general public and our policymakers on this show of the realities, okay, and the facts about, uh, you know, our mining industry, the things that people don't hear on a daily basis. Uh, fact, the U.S. is the home to uh, plentiful. It's, we have so many natural resources, both minerals and coal. Uh, we know they can be mined responsibly in accordance with the world's highest labor and environmental standards while creating incredibly high-paying American jobs. Okay, the message on today's show, okay, is that mining here in the U.S. is, is good for our economy. It's good for local communities. Where the that are the homes of the mines, and it's good for our manufacturing sector, which can source the minerals that they need virtually for every product right here at home throughout the entire supply chain. So um, whether you're talking about manufacturing or energy, there are so many who say made in America should also be mined in America. And so having said that, and I agree with every one of those sentiments, Rich, if you will, a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background. Thanks, Joe. Absolutely. You just hit the nail on the head uh, talking about the minerals demand and the coal demand that we're, we're in. We're really in a, the most mineral and mining intensive uh, times in our history, probably since World War II. So the effort that's underway and what needs to happen is, is really uh, very intense and, and necessary right now. My background, I've been the CEO for the National Mining Association for approximately four and a half years now. I've been with the association for 18 years. I've worked in natural resource policy, whether it be uh, forestry or chemicals or now now mining uh, for most of my professional career. And it's uh, just a pleasure to advocate on behalf of the working people of this country that are in heavy manufacturing and producing the real uh, essential materials that this country needs to continue to be successful and drive forward and, and really win that competitive race with our with our manufacturing competitors overseas. Absolutely. Katie Sweeney, a little bit about yourself. I have been with the Mining Association, Joe, for over 30 years. And I love this industry. Um, I am so proud of what the hundreds of thousands of miners provide every day for our society. Um, these are great paying jobs. And like you said, they really benefit those local communities. Um, mines are often located in more remote areas and they can really be the driver for the economy there. Um, you know, just very passionate about advocating for mining and thank you for this opportunity to really educate your listeners. I mean, you really kicked it off in a great way. We really need people to understand the connection 
between mining and their everyday lives and what mining brings to society. Absolutely. So my family's from Mahanoy City in Pennsylvania. Okay, big mining area. Uh, un unfortunately, um, you know, major hit there. And we know how uh, what mining does and, 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 and uh, to support our way of life, our everyday way of life. Okay, and, uh, you know, and, and especially in our union community. Okay, so as we as we segue, let's let's talk about, you know, what the National Mining Association does, who you represent, and what are the primary issues that you're focused on? Rich? I'll give that a shot. Um, our trade association represents about 280 companies in, involved in every stage of the of mining operations, whether it be producers or those that are out there exploring for new deposits or the, the equipment and manufacturing providers that uh, help us uh, arm our workforce with the safest, most productive, most efficient machines out there. So it's a uh, it's a broad group. Uh, again, we're engaged in everything from rare earth minerals to battery materials, lithium, cobalt, um, nickel, and then uh, traditional uh, store of value and high tech materials that come from gold, silver, copper. Um, and then we've talked about coal as well. So it's really a broad based coalition that engages at every level uh, in the advocacy space to advance the, the priorities for the industry whether that be uh, affordable, reliable power from uh, thermal coal generation or uh, metallurgical coal, which is a high energy-based coal for steel production in this country. And then the, the current hot wave of uh, uh, battery materials and what's going into uh, the electrification of the economy uh, from copper to rare earths to what's in your automobile and your cell phone. Uh, there's tremendous opportunity right there if we can get the policy correct. And having said that, uh, Katie, is there a disconnect? Is there a disconnect uh, when it comes to those, you know, especially you talk about the critical minerals, right? Um, in regards to what people really understand. In other words, you just don't buy them off a shelf, okay? They have to be mined, okay? And it's as simple as... Okay, and we, you know, and we've had on this broadcast, and I think we talked about uh, Siddharth Kara, who was over in the Congo, watching the, you know, video on the eleven-year-olds uh, mining by hand. Okay, um, and it literally, you know, it, it kind of swept the country. The, the shock from that. Okay, and it, it, the people really understand, you know, that connection and the importance of. Uh, you know, what your members do on a daily basis um, that would provide those, you know, good paying jobs, obviously not under those conditions here in the U.S. But they understand that we can do that here. You know, I think that is part of our, you know, continued efforts, right, is to educate the public on just that. We have a uh, Minerals Make Life initiative. So if anybody who's listening wants to go to minerals, www.mineralsmakelife.org, you can learn about those connections in so many ways. But just, you know, there, there really is a disconnect. People think, oh, we don't have those minerals here, but we sure do. We have over 6.2 trillion estimated worth value of minerals here in the United States. So as we, because we're going to get into that right now, literally. So right now, obviously, electric vehicles are, are a big, a big conversation piece. Um, we're all for them. Not real excited about uh, EV mandates that uh, you know that people have zero understanding about. Okay, but let's get into that that conversation. Okay. Whether it is electric vehicles, solar panels, or wind turbines, or the infrastructure needed to charge and connect all of them, okay? We know these technologies need vastly more minerals than at any other time in our history. What are we looking at in terms of some of those estimates that are out there? And I, I, I believe you're, you're, you're kind of addressing that, Katie, so I'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean, so some of the estimates from mineral commodity experts around the globe, like the International Energy Agency, say we need probably about 400 new mines 
globally by 2035 to get all these minerals we need for everything that you are just talking about. Um, we think some of those mines should be here in the United States, right? Because we've got the best standards, the best workers. Um, but we have problems with the, in the U.S. with the policies of getting those minerals out of the ground. It just takes way too long. Well, it, it, it certainly, uh, you know, when, when, when you think about it uh, and you talk about our standards, our, our workforce standards, our safety standards, our environmental standards, there's so much more efficient here in the U.S. Rich, you know, the last time I checked, the ozone level covered the whole planet. Okay, talk about that, Rich, and, and the standards that we have here in the United States. Okay, that you know we we can control that we can't control overseas. The United States has the high, highest uh, regulatory re regime in the world, um, whether it's child labor or environmental controls on the air, the water, the waste, even the cleanup, you know, from exploration to reclamation and mine closure. And, you know, what our commitment as, as member companies to the community to provide those high wage jobs and nobody does it better. And we should be proud of that. And, you know, we, we honestly believe that the United States um, an investment regime for, for new projects like Katie talked about the 400 projects that, in mines that are needed to meet the demand. Um, this should be the the, 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 uh, the country to do that. And um, unfortunately, there, you know, there's some policies laying laying in the way of that. And you know, part of our job here is to, is to point that out and try to improve the amount of time it takes to put a new mine in the ground and build, build it up with the community engagement and community involvement. Right now, it takes seven to 10 years to even get the, the initial permit. Uh, our competitors can do it in two to three years. It takes another six or seven years with, uh, uh, and, and, and mounts and mounds of challenges and litigation in the courts once you even get that permit. So, you know, you're a minimum of 10 years now for a lot of these projects. How, how frustrating um, is it? The Chinese, Joe, uh, the, the Chinese that, that, that sort of uh, have cornered the market in, in many of these critical minerals uh, started in their uh, mining initiatives over 20 years ago. So we are desperately far behind. And, and now I think we have a bipartisan recognition that people's eyes are waking up to the fact that we need to get moving. Yeah, I mean, how, how frustrating is it, okay, that we're willing to shut ourselves down, import the same products, okay, the same resources from overseas, under whatever standards are going on over there, depending upon where it's going on, okay? And we are very handicapped with our permitting situation over here. Seven to 10 years, uh, we can't uh, quickly react and compete. And when we talk about electric vehicle uh, mandates, which to, to listeners who may not know what they are, um, we have issues obviously, especially from a labor standpoint of what's going over going on over in the Congo and the fact that we're contributing to that by obviously purchasing the, those resources and those minerals through middlemen, okay? Um, but it, it, you look at that and we cannot, you know, like you said, seven to 10 years to, op you know, to, to open up a, uh, you know, to get a permit to mine these particular situations, okay? Where are we? Where are we losing it here? In other words, you know, this is not, we're not stopping. We still need the resources. What, you know, when you have that conversation with somebody who's in your face, okay, and willing to allow individuals to bring these same products and resources over that we're shutting ourselves down on, what's the reaction? Well, I think, you know, there is growing understanding of what you just said, that we, this is getting ridiculous. We need these materials, it's, it's essential for our economy and our competitiveness to continue and for our workforce to continue to provide high paid jobs in many rural parts of, of the country. Um, so it is it is frustrating. I think what you've seen is a bit of an evolution on uh, the more progressive side. They're willing to help fund some of the processing of those materials and some of the uh, general um, 
engineering concepts related to, you know, whether it's it's the IRA or or some of the infrastructure spending that's been put out there. You're starting to see, you know, money hit the ground for uh, financial partnerships. But uh, unfortunately, those partnerships, you know, while, you know, helps with the capital flow and sends a signal to the market that these projects are viable, it does nothing to change the permitting regime. And that that really is 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 the is the final hill that we're we're willing to die on. Yeah, and and you know it's it's essential. Or we're never. Oh, it's interesting. You mentioned China. You, you know, look at the supply chain for our, our our electric vehicles. Okay, when you talk about an electric vehicle mandate, okay, we're already uh, you know behind the eight ball in our automobile industry. Okay. We're giving up. You're essentially giving up everything, like literally giving it up to China because they own the supply chain. And if you say that we're only going to be able to sell and purchase EV mandates, I mean, uh, electric vehicles and the internal combustion engine is out the door. Who's making that? I mean, there's so many obvious uh, things out there and people. Uh, you know, they need to just put two and two together. It's just so frustrating. But having said that, what type of minerals are we talking about, you know, that are, that are, you know, so important right now? Rich? Well, Joe, we touched on a little bit. It's, it, it starts with the battery, battery materials uh, and the copper that goes to the electrification of everything. Uh, rare earth elements are in the magnets that drive the motors. Copper's in there. Uh, you know, even, you know, silver gold or in the so, so solar panels and the, and the wind turbines. I mean, so it's a, a tremendous broad swath of materials that are needed, but it also comes down to steel and aluminum and, and everything else that, that your listeners care about and, and, and work in those industries. Um, again, we're in a, 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 the most metals and minerals intensive time in our history since World War II. And, and hot off the press, I'll let Katie address it, but we just got some new data from the uh, U.S. Geological Service that, that once again uh, reemphasizes our import reliance for a lot of these materials. Right. Import reliance, you know, is, is just incredible. Um, we are currently more than 50% reliant on imports of 49 different minerals. And of those 49, we're 100% import reliant on 15. And this is data from this morning. Um, and where do most of those come from? China. So talk about a national security risk, right? Um, from a place that certainly doesn't have the same kind of environmental and labor standards right? Um, and last year alone, China cut off, cut us off from three different minerals that are already on this list. So, I mean, they're willing to use their power against us. And we have an opportunity, we have opportunities here that we need to take advantage of. So having said that, you mentioned, obviously, um, a little earlier, uh, that we have the capabilities here in the United States. Talk, talk about that. That we don't, you know, we're 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 reliant. Okay, we're we're we're, we're literally uh, on a platter. Okay, taking uh, our independence and our our opportunities, handing them over. Okay, to in a sense, you know, you took China and 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 individuals that are not our allies. Okay, to say the least. Um, do, do we have ample? Let's reiterate this. Talk about what we, what minerals we have here in the United States, again, and what our own capabilities are. Do we need China? So we have a lot of these minerals that Rich was already talking about, and we are finding more all the time. So the U.S. Geological Survey that Rich just mentioned is a federal government agency that is out there right now doing mapping. Uh, across the United States and finding these critical minerals over and over again. Just in one year of using IRA funding for mapping, they found 800 different places in the United States that deserve more looking just for battery minerals. It's, it's amazing. I think we will find that we have far more than we ever knew 
Will we have economic supplies of everything? Maybe not, but we should be looking here first instead of relying on other countries. What products, you know, you, you mentioned turbines, okay? You, you, you talk about our renewables. Ironically, okay, we need, we need these products, okay, for our, our renewable products, okay? There's, there's an old joke, not, you know, not, not, uh, not to make light of it, but you, you can't have your, your renewables without our minerals. And it's fundamentally true, Joe, to the point you're just making. Well, yeah, and, and, and that's just reality. I mean, the discussion, how frustrating is that? You almost feel like you're in the twilight zone. And by the way, on this, on this show, I don't get into rhetoric. We talk about facts. So I don't let anybody walk in and say, well, there's no issue with the uh, environment. Nobody's listening to anybody, you know, as soon as you say, as soon as you have that conversation. What, when we think about these situations, it, Rich, do you feel like you're in the twilight zone? When, when you're talking to somebody that wants to shut you down and talk about putting turbines up, you know, across the country, and, and isn't the obvious, you know, how are you going to do that? without A, B, and C. Well, that's exactly right. It's the, it's bringing that supply chain home for for minerals, critical minerals, fundamental minerals, base minerals, precious metals. It, it, it's gonna take all, all of it, and it's gonna take a whole of government approach to make sure it can happen efficiently and in a timely manner to catch up with the Chinese and make this country competitive again. Absolutely. Uh, we're gonna take a, a quick break. We'll have more from the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Dot and Krause in just a minute. What's a boilermaker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. Today's program is pre-recorded. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the Labor Union community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. Welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show here with Jay Doc and Krause. We've got a, a great show, Rich Nolan, President and CEO, National Mining Association, Penny Sweeney, Executive Vice President CEO uh, of the National Mining Association. Uh, we're having uh, a, a great conversation, a common sense uh, discussion, okay? Uh, when, when, when we talk about, um, you know, being dependent, okay, um, on, on a, a lot of our critical minerals that we need uh, to support our daily uh, our way of life, okay, but also the renewables coming in uh, to the market, okay? It is, in my opinion, we've talked about it many times, like being in the twilight zone. And we're talking about educating people and say, Rich, how important should it be to work together on these initiatives? Okay. Automatically, you know, I can only imagine, you know, what, what a daily, you know, uh, experience would be when you're talking to somebody that just wants to shut you down your entire industry. Um, how much could we get done here if we were all working together? Well, I think we get a, a tremendous amount done. I mean, the mining mining industry and, and miners in general are very patient people, um, but it's going to take time to turn the ship. Uh, you know, an, an all government approach uh, from the, from the support to the tax incentives, making sure that those flow to domestic projects and, and not uh, overseas. Right now, the administration is out there trying to get uh, minerals partnerships with the EU and with 
Japan and Indonesia and certain African nations that may not have the best interest of the United States in mind or the highest labor labor standards. So that's one piece of it. You know, when it comes to energy production, you know, we believe it's a, an all of the above approach. Sure, we need renewables, but we also need to maintain the uh, the stable, reliable, uh, affordable electricity that comes from from our coal resources and our coal plants and our coal miners. Uh, so we, we need to continue to invest in all of it, to continue to make it cleaner over time, and to make sure we don't we don't harm the public. Uh, we already have a we've got okay. It's about uh, you know about seventeen percent increase in the price of electricity over the past past year, and that that's a lot for for mom and pop. And in order to keep those rates down, we need uh, to maintain affordable baseload power, and that includes. Uh, power from coal, power from nuclear, and the other resources. So the Biden administration came in saying that they were they were going to address our supply chain issues from the mine up. How have they done so far? I, I, I'll go to Katie. I would not give them a passing grade, Joe. Um, I think, as Rich said, you know, there's some money going to processing to help, you know, get those supply chains back, but that money isn't going to the mining projects themselves and getting them out of the ground. They have only uh, approved five major mines since they came into office. Um, so when you're looking at needing 400, five is just a drop in the bucket. Um, and they have done very little to address the permitting delays. They they focus more on permitting delays for renewable projects. But as Rich was saying, we're the front end of the renewable supply chain. They need to take some of that focus and put it on mining as well. Uh, we, we've had Pete Stauber on the show uh, previously and, and, and Ryan Sistat of, of the organization Better in Our Backyard, both highlighted some of the mine permit cancelizations that, that likely, you know, I mean, they resulted in significant job issues uh, or losses and and and, and mineral uh, issues with obviously you know the, the ability to to to, to mine uh, minerals. Okay, can you talk about some of those impacts in the project cancellations? Uh, I, I would say I would just want to say you know Congressman Pete Stauber of Minnesota is one of the greatest champions of mining Absolutely. that we've seen uh, probably in the last decade. So hats off to him for his efforts. Um, you know, I'll let Katie address some of the specific projects, but what happened to, to uh, you know, the mines in his district and, and what the administration did basically canceling those projects was is just terrible. Yeah, so Twin Metals in Minnesota, um, you know, not only did they cancel their leases, the administration then withdrew that land so it could never be mined in the next 20 years. Um, and that's just one example. They took and put a million acres off limits in Arizona of some very uranium-rich lands there. Um, they continue to put more and more acreage of federal lands off limits when we're already um, experiencing about 50% of the federal lands across the United States are off limits to mining. So if we keep putting more of these lands, which is where many of these minerals are actually found off limits, how can we ever, you know, achieve independence when it comes to minerals? And, and the losses, like we said, the, the losses of jobs and okay. mineral supplies, significant in, in, in those um, situations. When, when, when you gauge and, and how helpful has the Inflation Reduction Act been? Okay, uh, the intent was to boost domestic production and domestic business. Thoughts, Rich? You know, th there is subsidies going in for uh, battery plants and processing of minerals, but they're not going to the mines. They're not going to front-end engineering. They're not going to project development. And that's something that, uh, that was the intent of Congress, and it's basically being ignored. Katie? Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Absolutely. That's it's just been a shame. It as Rich said, it's processing, which is also important. 
But unless you have that front end of the supply chain, we're, we're losing that opportunity. And, you know, looking at Pete Stauber's district, Joe, it's, you know, that's a traditional taconite iron ore, you know, you know, iron range, northern range of, of Minnesota. They understand how to do it right. They've been doing it for 100 years. And for them to block this project makes just, just no sense. And, and, and we've seen a number of land withdrawals, National Monument designations under the, you know, obviously the administration. How much of an issue was that to, to, to domestic mining, uh, domestic mining industry, Rich? Well, it just chills investment if you think that the exploration dollars that you've already put into the ground, the commitments you've made to, to labor workforce agreements in those regions, and you're, you're, all, you're all ready to go. And then all of a sudden, literally, the land, the carpet is pulled out from under you. And we're not talking about going into national parks or wilderness areas or anything like that. This is land that was set aside by the federal government for multiple use and the opportunity to explore for productive resources for the citizens of this country. And that 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 uh, that focus and that that organic designation is is being eroded daily. Brady. Yeah, like I said, uh, already over 50 percent of the federal lands are off limits. So, you know, if you continue to add 100 million acres or 100 Eight, eight million acres here, a million acres there, a million acres there. Uh, we're never going to make any progress. Um, this administration has already put, you know, over five million acres off, additional acres off limits. It's just crazy. And so, if you, it, it, you know, talk about foreign sourcing agreements. If you, if you listen to some of the auto manufacturers, they'll tell you they can't get the minerals they need for EV batteries in the U.S. right now. And even if they could, it's certainly not processed here. What's your response to that, Rich? Well, my response to that is, you know, there's there's no balance. I mean, obviously, no one wants to cut off the autos from their from the mineral supply. At the same time, several companies said, "Hey, we don't need the subsidies. We're going to do this anyway. This is part of our business plan, and hey, we can afford it. Um, so we don't need the subsidies. We're not, you know, business as usual without the IRA. These cars would still have been built. If you recall, the commitments for EV manufacturing were 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 out there uh, long, long before these subsidies came forward. So now we're, we're arguing about, you know, the dollars that go, you know, d directly to to those that want to buy these cars and where they're sourcing those minerals from. And I think the administration has put forward a bit of a, a sliding scale, um, which gives us some some heartburn. But you know, over time, those those percentages are cranked are going to be cranked down based on the guidance that's proposed. Um, the other loophole that they're trying to exploit is. Uh, engagement on the subsidies with countries that have uh, agreements, um, quasi -free, free trade agreements in the mineral space. If they if they have those in place, even though those agreements technically are supposed to go before the, the the Senate to be ratified, like all free trade agreements, they're going around the Congress. They're setting up these side deals and they're making these foreign entities eligible for these subsidies, which is a very creative dodge from a made in America, mined in America, um, by American directive that Congress clearly laid out. You know, when I think about it, I, you know, I'm a regular guy, okay, and I hear a lot of these things going on. And you hear us shutting ourselves down in so many ways. And even when you think about, a, a, you know, the, the, the permanent process, okay, seven to 10 years. We can't react. We can't react and take over a lot of this business if we wanted to. You know, if China wanted to do something to us to cripple us, it would create a permanent, uh, you know, situation where it would take us ten years to compete. Okay, it's so frustrating. If I'm hearing you right, okay, you know, we're, we're you know, we're 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 we're, we're shutting ourselves down. We're not making it possible for our, ourselves to. To, to, to get involved in a lot of these situations while we're while our own country is allowing uh, avenues for competitors from overseas to come in and bring the same products. So the environmentalists are shutting us down. What are they doing? You know, what are they doing? Uh, you know, for for imports coming in here, for, you know, that are bringing the same products and resources. It I don't. I, it, am I off in this in in in, in this perception, Katie? 
Uh, not off in that perception at all. I mean, it's a very disingenuous approach by many of these environmental groups um, to say, oh, we still need these minerals. Let's import it from places that don't have the same kinds of protections and standards and workforce protections in place. Well, and, and when I say that, I mean, they're, they're, they're saying it under, the, uh, under their, their pretense is, is, is about the environment. Okay, it's 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 I hate to say it, ass backwards. If there ever was anything that I've ever, you know, ever seen, okay, and the American people, I believe, okay, um, are getting snowballed, no question about. It. And his labor and his labor union members were losing so many jobs to individuals and standards overseas that are appalling. Having said that, let's segue a little bit, uh, you know. You, you, you talk about um, the White House. They put together an interagency working group on mining, uh, alleged, allegedly to make recommendations that would support more domestic mining in the long run. Okay, I, I understand those recommendations came out last year. What did they say? Well, the report was really a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, you know, they, they said it was going to do all these things to incentivize domestic mining. It actually did the, the opposite. Um, Katie was very involved in advising that group and, and can talk about some of the, the most onerous provisions that they recommended that, that they either take up on their own or direct Congress to legislate on. Yeah, like some examples, Joe, are they want to convert and upend the way we currently do mining on federal lands, create a whole new process that will take decades to figure out how it will work and get through all the litigation. Um, but the process that they want to use will just allow the government to say no whenever they feel like it. So not creating any regulatory certainty that could attract investment. And the other big recommendation was let's increase the fees and economic burdens on mining on these major projects where it already takes forever to get a return on the investment. You're not getting any, you're putting in hundreds of millions to billions of dollars in investment before you see a penny in return. But yeah, let's tax them some more. What would you recommend? What would you, you know, what would your group uh, recommend? We need regulatory certainty. So let's not change what's actually working which is the mining law that governs how we mine on federal lands. Um, and honestly, we need to fix the permitting system. That should be the focus um, because we really don't, I mean, no matter what we do, if we don't fix the broken permitting system here, we are not going to achieve mineral independence. Rich, before we segue into coal, into coal mining, the case is exactly right. It's it's all about permitting and, and judicial reform as well. I mean, once you get that permit, you, you've got to be able to move through the court system in a in a in a, in a expedited manner. Uh, right now, every major mining project is challenged in the courts. Every single one. Yeah, and and it, you know it's it's as frustrating as the day is long. And it's a number one. By the way, it's a number one priority for 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 our organization. Okay. Uh, certainly, it, we're, crippled, we're crippling ourselves on a daily basis. I'm sure what's important about this show is talk about common sense and energy, but, uh, you know, educating the public. And, and these are things I'm sure you, you you walk down the average street in the United States and you even mentioned permitting reform. OK, or the re, you know, or the or, or, or the standards, or the regulations. Americans have zero idea. We can't compete. We're crippling ourselves. Let's segue to coal mining. Uh, obviously, you know, your organization represents the full spectrum of, of the mining industry, which includes everything from gold, and silver, to copper and lithium. Uh, but an important segment of that industry and resource here in the U.S. is coal. How is the coal industry uh, faring these days? Well, last year uh, we had uh, globally the largest uh consumption of coal in our history. Now, that is uh, important to understand the value of coal and what's happening in, in more developed countries like 
Vietnam and Indonesia and, and India, where they're, they you know, continue to build out their economy and their manufacturing platforms with coal. Here in this country, uh, there's been a concerted effort focused on by, by this administration and previous administrations to uh, fence in the useful life of thermal coal plants here in the United States. And that's going to be a big problem. Um, you know, we still have you know over 16 states that rely on coal for their predominant source of power. Um, energy policy in this country is very regional. So it depends where you are and what the assets you have under your feet and above the ground make it most efficient and economical for you to provide power to your citizens, your manufacturers, and your workforce. So one size does not fit all. We saw uh, this winter, last winter, the winter before that, cold snaps that, that unfortunately caused uh, loss of life um, and certainly hardships for many parts of this country. Uh, we saw it uh, again a few weeks back with the polar vortex that saw the uh, coal demand and, and, and spikes in consumption of coal, uh, especially in the Midwest and certain parts of the, of the South, uh, go off the charts. So it's a really, really important to have those plants in place, to have that optionality, make sure that you can use the fuel and get it to market on time. Um, you know, nothing against the other sources, but in certain times of the, certain times of the year, the price of, say, gas spikes. So you need to have that optionality to choose what's best for your consumers, or there's difficulty getting the, getting it through the pipeline in low, in low temperatures where the electricity base is challenged. So we're, we're going to spit fire because we only have a couple minutes. Go for it. Think about, you know, when, when there is a heat wave or, 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 uh, or, or, or when it when when you know it's it's below zero, we got a big cold front. They want the plants working on overtime. Okay, what's going to happen when they shut them down? Because they're not coming back. Okay, you know what? We, I just want. I'm gonna. I'm, I'll ask one question before we go. We talk about the energy transition. What does the coal industry think uh, that shouldn't happen? And 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 what's the responsible path forward? We're going to end on that question. Because, you know, that we wish we had an, an entire another hour. Rich, if you would, and then Katie, um, take us home. There's recognition, Joe, of that transition is, is underway. We just believe it's happening way too fast. Where the rubber meets the road and the plants aren't there at the end of the day, there's going to be significant economic hardship. We're already seeing electricity inflation spike up. Uh, I think folks need to slow down and be careful what they're doing so we don't do long-term permanent damage to the electric grid. And, and hurt people. Absolutely. Katie, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it very well, Joe. Once these plants are gone, they aren't going to come back. So we need to make much better decisions about how they're used and their useful, the remaining useful life of these plants. Um, so we're not facing the crisis that Rich just described. Well, listen, uh, Rich Nolan, uh, Katie Sweeney, we want to thank you so much for being on the program, okay? Uh, educating our, our general public, and, and, and we talk about common sense. Um, your members support our way of life. When we talk about the pathway forward, to me, it's only it, it should only be about working together, okay? We're writing checks that we can't cash, okay? We're, we're shutting ourselves down on the left. Literally speaking, uh, we're, we're putting our energy security and our energy um, in our efficiency, okay, and our way of life in jeopardy with the decisions that are being made on a daily basis because we're allowing one side to control the narrative. We want to thank you so much for being on this program. We can't wait to have you on again. Rich Nolan, President, CEO, National Mining Association. Katie Sweeney, Executive Vice President, COO, National Mining Association. Thanks so much for being on the program. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Joe. It's our pleasure. We'll have more from the Labor and Energy Show in just a minute. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or find Follow us on social at EAS Carpenters.
Can you afford a brand new electric car or a charging station for your home? Want to spend your days waiting in line at a public charging station? Well, buckle up. Delaware and New Jersey are planning to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. Most drivers can't afford it, don't need it, and don't want it. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Grousey. Wow, Jay Doc, great conversation today. Uh, one of those programs that had certainly had enough time to go into, I think you would even mention, wishing you had another hour. Good, good conversation. Um, what we're here for, to provide information to educate the public. Well, also, you know, in a sense, to meet, the, uh, you know, the faces, um, you know, who are, and, 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 the, uh, and the people that are, that are on the front lines, okay? And, and salt of the earth, people who care about, uh, you know, our way of life, okay? Also the environment, okay? Representing individuals, uh, like we talked about there, you know, at the end, the fact of the matter is that um, whenever you, whenever there's, you know, obviously a cold front or, or, or a heat wave, you know, they want, they want our, comp, you know, so our, our grid doesn't get, is not at risk. Um, they want our, uh, our coal plants. Uh, they want um, all of our energy plants on, on uh, overtime. Okay. 24 seven around the clock. What are we doing? Okay. Working together to make sure that the solutions um, you know, as we move forward in, in energy and our environment, okay, in our workforce, um, are, are, are working together in unison for our, for our, our country and the world. And, and right now, Joe, you heard uh, Rich and Katie talk about, um, you know, we talk about permitting reform, but we're so reliant and dependent on, on overseas, um, you know, organizations and companies and, and uh, you know, countries to provide us with resources we have here in the United States, and they're not doing it as well as we're doing it. Not as efficiently, not as energy efficient. Uh, you know, obviously workforce and labor, okay? Our labor movement, you know, you watch what's going on in the Congo, and you and I have had you know, this conversation across the board. It is a um, incredibly frustrating, but the good people that we're talking to on a daily basis, um, you know, and, 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 and the, and the um, Education they're providing for our listeners. Um, I, I have a full confidence that we are eventually going to change the narrative. And to me, the narrative is working together. It's not a union issue. It's not a political issue. It's a human issue. That's going to do it for this edition of the Labor and Energy Show with Jadoc and Krause. Again, special thanks to Rich Nolan and Katie Sweeney for uh, being our guest today for uh, the full hour. If you miss any of today's show, um, or, as many people do, go back and download the podcast of the broadcast today on Apple or Spotify. Simply search The Labor and Energy Show. On behalf of my partner, Jay Doc, on behalf of Kateri, who produced the show today, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHD or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.